Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Hillary Rodham Clinton is calling on a new college compact. In one of her town meetings, she said the college affordability plan that she will throw down is an effort to address a major financial stress for American families and satisfy a pretty central demand from the Democratic's uh, liberal side. So it's going to be a $200 billion federal incentive system aimed at encouraging states to expand their investments in higher education, cut student cost. On paper, it sounds great. Uh, the devil will be in the deep. And how to fund the, that. I want to give everyone in America more money. But how do you fund that? Um, when you're running for president, telling students who have a lot of debt that we're going to try to figure it out to help you out is a great thing to do. If you want to get votes. Again, realizing that's going to be a little bit tougher. Um, some other top stories of the day. Google is going to be making a Maps for Kids. They've already changed Chrome for Kids and YouTube for Kids. And I get it. I think that's a smart thing to do. Warren Buffett's buying a nuts and bolts supplier for $37 billion. Uh, Precision Cast Parts is based in Portland, Oregon. It manufactures some of the metal components that go into aircraft engines and gas turbines. The company earned $10 billion in revenue and income of $1.5 billion last year. Not too shabby. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now... CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. One of my favorite ways to save, one of my favorite ways to get rich is maxing out the 401k or the 403b or the 457. Chad, tell us a little bit about what these products are. Well, it's, it's, it's a way that, I mean, you can save after-tax dollars that grow tax-free now or pre-tax dollars that grow tax-deferred. And so because there's a regular 401k and there's a Roth 401k, we can we can kind of get into later. But the idea of, of pre-tax savings, let's go with that, because okay. there's a lot of scams, in my opinion, out there, especially on radio or people even see it on public broadcasting and think it's a good idea just because they bought some time. But 
people talking about the 401k is bad, you know, instead buy this life insurance indexed, you know, fund or something like that, or basically ways to sell you product or annuities or life insurance or whatever it may be. But look, if you got a dollar, if you put the dollar into the 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. So your tax money stays in your 401k and compounds for you. If you take that dollar home, you might only have somewhere between, you know, 80 and 60 cents, depending on your tax bracket, to invest in something else. So maxing out your 401k is is very important. Now, um, you know, there used to be a lot of really bad 401k plans, and there still are. There's still some companies that have their plans stuck in what's called group annuities or really bad investments because they haven't kind of changed with the times. If that's the case, you need to get educated. You need to figure out what is in your 401k before you start complaining about the performance. You need to say, what am I invested in? What are my options? What are the fees? Now each year they're supposed to give you your annual fees. Um, in in writing and say this is what you're paying and if it's if it's a bad deal you can go to the uh, uh, your your HR and you know complain um, in a, in a good way not yeah. not in a way to get you fired but in a good way and say hey there's some better options out here and part of it is you have to get educated first before you can complain and if you've left the company it's almost always a good idea to roll over a 401k. And we can go any angle, Rob. We can talk about how to roll it over or when is it not a good idea to roll over because that's really kind of two topics that we should hit on at some point. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about it right now. Um, okay. I, I like the 401K. We've got that established. We kind of know what the positives are of it. Um, people should compare them. But when should you roll them over or not roll them over when you leave a company? Well, let's, let's talk about when you don't roll them over okay. um, because – there's there's kind of few times when you don't want to roll them over. Um, one reason is if you are retiring early, let's say you're 55 or older, and you've decided to retire early, you've saved a lot of money. Well, if you're 55 and older in a 401k plan, you can access your money without that 10% penalty. If you roll it into an IRA, you have to wait till you're 59 and a half. So sometimes in early retirement, you might not do the rollover. Another time is if you're in these older plans that you get a lot of company stock uh, in the form of a match inside your plan, mm-hmm. there is something called net unrealized appreciation, that's NUA, and it's a way that you can actually get the stock out into a normal account, pay very low taxes on the basis, and then qualify for a lower tax rate on the gains, and then separate your other funds, and it, it, it's kind of a whole other topic, but... It's something that you have to look at your plan and say, oh, I do have my company stock inside my plan. I shouldn't be so quick to roll it over. I need to research this NUA, net realized appreciation. Um, the other reason, too, is that why you might not roll it all over. If if you're close to retirement and you're trying to look for places to store safe money, that I always talk about, the three years worth of portfolio uh-huh. draws and safe, safe money. Sure. Some 401ks have really good stable value funds where they earn a higher rate of safe return, much higher than CDs are paying right now. Other than that, Rob, roll them over. If you've left your job or you've left several jobs, um, you know you have the, the options to open up one IRA and consolidate all your old 401ks and IRA into that IRA, or you could roll it into your existing 401k at work if it's a really good one. And you know, if, if the, the person that's got like a whole bunch of 401ks that don't add up to a whole heck of a lot of money, in other words, they couldn't couldn't qualify for professional management. Yeah, it's usually best to consolidate it all into the existing 401k if it's a good one. But if you want some outside management, you want some help, um, it's pretty easy to actually get them all rolled over and consolidated into one IRA. What you do is you pick a place to do the IRA. 
you open up the IRA account and you start calling your old 401ks and they either actually process the rollover over the phone, they send you a check, or they send you the forms to get it done. Take some time, but it's not that difficult. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton talking 401ks. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Coca-Cola. This is kind of one of those weird stories of the day, but you kind of go with it and kind of shake your head and go, no doubt. Coca-Cola is funding scientists who are shifting blame for obesity away from bad diets. So Coca-Cola, they make a lot of sugary beverages, right? They're back in a new science-based solution for the obesity crisis, which is if you want to maintain a healthy weight and get more exercise, worry less about cutting calories. The beverage giant has teamed up with scientists who are advancing this message in journals, conferences, through social media. To help the scientists get the word out, Coke has provided financial and logistical support. Most of the focus in the popular media and the scientific press is, oh, they're eating too much, eating too much, eating too much. Blame fast food, blame sugary drinks. Um, I partially agree with Coke on this. I, I think Americans just put in their bodies whatever they want and they don't exercise. Um, as I've gotten older, I watch more and more and more of what I put in my body. Whoopers, nope. Buttery popcorn, nope. Um, I even like to work out and like uh, I'll take a look at muscle milk and you realize that there's like artificial sweeteners that are crazy, crazy. Um, so I'd much rather have an organic uh, muscle milk, which is great, but it tastes like crap. But I'd rather taste stuff that has no taste or tastes like coconut watery cardboard paper than a lot of artificial sweeteners. Um, anyway, organic's definitely a, a thought out there as far as investment plays go. We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Um, I don't get enough calls. One day when I go away, You'll want to call, and I won't be there. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. There's a company called Aquinox Pharmaceuticals. Shares spiked up 400% after the company reported earnings numbers and a positive trial results for a drug that treats bladder pain syndrome. I don't know anything about bladder pain syndrome. And that's one of the areas where I don't invest in. Not bladder pain syndrome, but areas that I don't have any clue about. Uh, the type of move, 
higher. It's not uncommon for pharmaceutical stocks. It moved up 365%. It's up more than 1,000% from last Thursday's close of a buck seventy-nine. Company's worth $422 million right now. For a small biotech company whose revenues are 10 to 1 potential drug, it has to pass through several trials to hit the shelves. Trading has been halted on the stock six times in the first couple of hours today after it crossed so-called circuit breaker limits to, to reduce its volatility. Um, you know, what a wonderful potential, you know, concept of, hey, I invest in this small company and they've hit a home run with a drug. Pretty interesting, right? Like, but you have to be careful because these studies, you go through clinical studies, phase one, phase two, phase three. Obviously, when you start getting towards phase three, you're doing less, less on models and you're doing, you know, less on animals and moving more towards humans. And there was a drug in the 70s, I believe, might have been 60s, but called thalidomide. And thalidomide was fantastic at, with rabbits, you know, making birth easier. And you're talking about no less pain for the woman in the process. Um, but as it turns out, it caused crazy birth defects. 10, 20, 30 years later, like the difference between rabbits' wombs and women, human wombs were different enough that the study was flawed. Um, thalidomide, you know, 30, 40 years later is, is tied towards treating some cancers. So the initial thought was, okay, it's going to do this, didn't really play out. Um, but sure enough, that drug compound 20, 30, 40 years later could be formulated to the point that like, hey, let's let's test what like Coca-Cola tastes good. One day maybe we'll find if you put Coca-Cola in cancer, it fights cancer. It's, I know it's a stupid idea, but go with it, okay? Anyway, um, so I would be really, really careful with like a company like an Aquinox. Uh, can you hit a home run? Yeah. But if you go back in baseball analogy days and study home runs, you find out that home run hitters tend to strike out a lot. And you tend not to find that many great home run hitters on championship teams like the Barry Bonds and the Mark McGuire's. How many you know championships did they win? McGuire more so. <laughs> so that's not the best example. But uh, the guy from Chicago who used to hit home runs with McGuire, Sosa. Sammy Sousa, I think, uh, as one of our attorney generals once referred to him. And uh, you kind of have to be a little on the careful side. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's out of here. Let's take me out to the ball. No, no, no. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, low oil prices are a bit of a problem because a lot of countries say, you know what, we, we'll drill oil from our ground and we'll, like, we'll do it. We'll do it. The United States has a ton of oil under the ground, um, especially in the Rocky Mountains. It's not good quality oil, but it's oil. And we just don't want to bring it out. It's like we don't want refiners in our country um, unless we absolutely positive we have to. And then psh, let's just put them in Texas. 
um, or in Louisiana kind of thing. Like, we don't want them in our big cities. Uh, we don't want them in our clean cities. So oil prices, interesting note, that the world needs higher oil prices because there's too many countries that produce it, and that's their way of making money. OPEC and Western producers try to, want to, hope for the concept of maintaining, you know, a stable price. OPEC's trying to preserve its market share and offset losses from low prices with an increase in sales. So OPEC, they want to still service as many barrels as they did when oil was high as when they're low. Um, they've taken you know, large amounts of loans to drill rigs on a weekly basis. They're not helping the situation if you want higher prices. And that's one of the reasons they could afford to you know, battle the low producers. Uh, low-level fruit in the world of production, um, they can take them on because what makes financially sense for the United States is not $40 a barrel, it's $80 a barrel. So <clears throat> OPEC is keeping the price low by continuing to keep production high. In the past, they've done things like, we are shutting off our taps. No more oil for you <clears throat> until the price went higher. Now they're like, you know what? We got ours. Good luck, people. Good luck. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. The CEO, not the CEO, excuse me, the president, yeah, the CEO of FX Network, excuse me, he is the CEO. He went online recently and talked about television. He says, we have too much of it. My sense is, he said, that in 2015 or 2016 will represent peak TV in America, and that we'll begin to see a decline in the coming year after that. He said last year there were 370 scripted series on television, including streaming services. This year he thinks it'll be more like 400. He thinks there's a bubble, and it's created a challenge in finding compelling original stories and the level of talent needed to sustain those stories. Um, talked a little bit about technology. He said as technology evolves and people consume television through different modes of delivery than channels, brands will become increasingly important. And FX has a pretty good brand. You kind of know what type of shows they come out with. I think on some levels he's right. So you can't just throw spots up and they'll hit. You have to have a kind of a, an established audience that says, you know, we like Sons of Anarchy. Give us the next Sons of Anarchy. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch television. Try to play around with that concept. Um, but I think he's on to something. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Pick up the phone. You may call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls in the air. We'll take a break here. Be right back.
black in your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Well, we spent a long time getting here through the fear. It was too dark to see. If you answer honestly, I'm sorry that it's not quite how you thought it would be. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Apple shares have tumbled about 11 to 15% since its earnings report two and a half weeks ago. As investors, you know, anticipated deceleration iPhone shipments. And that's a big concern. That's their product. If you were to take iPhones away from Apple, the company wouldn't have much. I'm not saying that it would be back to the 1996 share of PCs, but they wouldn't have much. Their services are heavily tied towards you know, mobile and phone as well. So not only would they have not much in the world of hardware, but their services are totally dependent on people interacting with the phone. Shares are up on Apple on a positive day. So there's a thought of a new TV service that's coming out, and what exactly that'll look like and or not is a great question. And the music service, long rumored to compete with Spotify, kind of launched and it's done okay. It's got over 11 million subscribers. Now, how many of them will convert and pay? A lot of people don't know. Um, and we've talked about Apple TV for years. Will it actually be a TV or will it be a TV service? We're probably thinking more TV service. Keep in mind, a lot like cars, you tend to buy TVs and hold on to them for a while. And Apple makes a ton of money in the fact that you continue to go out and get a new phone. Um, if you take a look at where Apple is today versus where it was a year ago, not only is it higher, but it has also clearly outperformed the rise in the S&P 500 in the same period of time. So the company's strong earnings growth was key. If you take a look at the direction of the stock, um, it's had periods of time where it underperforms, followed by periods of times where it outperforms. But overall, it's beating the markets. They've improved earnings per share by 44% in the most recent quarter compared to the same year-ago level. The company has demonstrated a pattern of positive earnings per share growth over the last couple of years. But to be fair, they're not exactly blowing it out of the water. Income growth from the same quarter one year ago has greatly exceeded that of the S&P 500. Where the S&P 500 is not seeing a lot of earnings growth, Apple is. So expectations are pretty high on the company. And expectations can be a killer, right? Uh, I would accumulate on weakness, but I want to get, like goo goo gaga over it so i don't think any stocks worth getting goo goo gaga over percentage of eligible users who use apple pay dropped from first quarter to second quarter this year that's interesting customers are still struggling to see the benefits of using apple pay over another payment method 32 percent of iphone 6 and 6 plus users who said they didn't use apple pay cited satisfaction of their current payment method and 34 percent felt like they didn't understand how the software worked um, Apple Pay is not widely accepted at this point in time, even though it's accepted at 100,000 retail locations in the month of July was the latest report. Still, not a lot of people using it, and even less on a quarter-over-quarter basis. Let's talk a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He typically comes on, talks real estate, talks mortgage lending with me. I saw a recent report out 
that the average wage in America grew 1.7% last year. Now, some cities were better than others. San Francisco up 3.7%. Baltimore up 3%. Seattle up 2.7%. Atlanta up 25 in income. D.C. up 2.4%. St. Louis and Houston also on the list. What's interesting to note about that is real estate skyrocketed in San Francisco in the last year. Yep. And part of this is, you know, the medical and science jobs in San Francisco are paying a little bit more. But also, like Twitter and the IPO um, made a lot of little millionaires. And millionaires don't mind paying 10% over asking price as long as they get location, location, location. So the incomes, in my opinion, is what drives real estate. So across the United States, real estate incomes in the United States have been pretty stagnant for 10 years. And yet we've had a bubble rise, pop, and rise yet again. Um, incomes to what you do, Tony, how important is the ability to fund your monthly mortgage versus collateral? Which is more important, your capacity to pay back the mortgage or the collateral? The amount of money you put down. The capacity. Okay. You have to be able – you could have – I mean, we have FHA, for example, that you, know, you put as little as 3.5% down. You have down payment assistance programs that are offered by – your local counties and cities uh, with uh, 100% financing. So, but you still have to pay it back. Um, there's a lot of what they call streamlined products, even with FHA and, and Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. You still have to qualify. Even under HARP, you still have to qualify. So it's the capacity, but you also have to have a good credit score. So in the past, it was just your credit score. Now it's your capacity and your credit score. It's interesting to note that... I refer to it as the three C's of credit, but there's you know, more that to it than just that. But there's your credit score, i.e. the first C. That's important. There's the capacity, your ability to pay back, i.e. what's your income. And then there's the collateral, how much money do you put down. I recommend people put down some money. I'd rather you have skin in the game. Then you're going to be thinking more importantly about what you're buying. When you're putting 3% down or 0% down, you're like, Psh, I'm buying stock and hope it goes up. It's all leverage. But if you're putting 20% down on the peninsula, it ain't all leverage. And you're thinking, which do I think is going to be better over the long term, peninsula or Stockton? At this point in time, Stockton. Peninsula. Probably Stockton now. Oh, yes. Yeah, but you're looking at, at you know, a lot of cities in the peninsula are over their peaks in 2007. Right. We were just looking at that today. So, um, yeah, you, just the theory of, of buy where the opportunities are, buy where nobody else is buying. Um, can, can also help you as an investor. But, you know, most people today, we have a lot of investors that have pulled out. Right. So most people that are buying today are not the speculators. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such low amount of inventory is changing hands right now. In the mortgage process and the refinance process, you taught me something kind of important, it, or you shine a little more light on it. The importance of if you have an old credit card, use that one versus the new credit card because it's more – it's an aged account. And that goes into your credit score of how long have you had the accounts open? How long have you been able to use this without blowing up? For the purposes of radio, I answered your question in a very short form. But it, there are many, many factors that go into oh, the approval process. Not only that, the, the, you can have, for example, if you purchase a house, you have a, 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 an appraisal contingency. And most people think that's your value. It's not. It's the actual, you know, the, the, the condition of that report. It's the quality of it. Um, your credit score, you have to, you have a great credit score, but if you don't have enough trade lines, which are those credit cards and those old credit cards that have tenure, um, you can't get a loan. I, there was one guy who had real estate transactions in the past, mortgages. He's paid off his loan. He paid off all his credit cards. They're all gone. 
and he had a great credit score, but he had no trade line. He can't buy a house, yeah. and he had great income. So it's a combination of every factor and the scenario itself. Are you doing cash out? Are you buying an investment property? Is it a second home? Is it a condo? Is the condo in litigation? Um, then you have to change transactions at a higher rate. Do you qualify with the debt ratio? So it's everything that goes together. Even things like if you want to show that you've got cash and your parents give you $10,000, you want to season that money. You want it in that bank account for three, four, five, six months and not 30 days. Because it's all going to be seen. You, you think you're going to hide something from the mortgage lender? I can't. You can actually get gifts from, from family, and, and then FHA opens it up a little bit more. But um, that's true. If you, you have to be able to document your uh, your down payment. But the, the rules in general are just getting tougher, Rob. Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. He's my mortgage lender. You can find him online at com. That's com. And I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Talking health care. As we all get older, we get a little bit more smart about what we put in our bodies. Investors have had their fill of organic and natural food stocks, for sure. It's a huge reminder that great businesses become merely good ones when competition comes in. So, yeah, the trend in health care and health food is improving. Fitbit, you know, things like that. Like, hey, let's pay attention to what we're putting in our bodies. Let's make sure we get 10,000 steps. Let's do this. Um, let's... Try to get rid of organic, or let's try to get rid of artificial sweeteners. Um, shares of Whole Foods have lost a third of their value this year as investors fret over the company's stagnating growth and disappointing financial results. Whole Foods has a problem. A smaller competitor Sprouts Farmers Market, which had seen its shares hold up much better than Whole Foods due to its better growth prospects, is the latest organic stock hit. Shares dropped 9% on Friday. Following the company's quarterly results, the company's growing rapidly. Post-quarterly revenue growth of 21%. Sales at stores open at least one year, up 5%. But the company's outlook for profits disappointed. In the end, Wall Street doesn't really discriminate against profits. Um, revenues are great. If you're opening up new stores, it's going to look like you've got great revenue growth. Then you have to kind of like get a little microscopic on it and say, okay, what's the same store sales growth? And then you ultimately have to earn money. Um, organic food's becoming mainstream, and therefore there's a lot of competition. Um, one of the top-performing grocery stocks is Kroger. And, you know, in college you'd go to Kroger and you'd call it Krogerine. Or on Friday night, you'd go get his, you know, all the ramen noodles that you can stock up on and stuff like that. And you'd sing, Krogerine, what's your price for flight in finding Mr. Right? So Kroger's not a fancy grocery store, and yet it's one of the top performing grocery stocks of the year. Which, because they do offer organics, has gotten kind of in the game. But you don't think of them as organic. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. listening to Rob Black and Your Money 
on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know that you have options out there. Help me guide you. Let me know what you need from me as far as content goes, and I'll do my best. Greece is on track to secure a third bailout package in time for its August 20th payment to the European Central Bank. Yay! Wall Street's kind of taking that as good. China's Shanghai Composite up almost 5% after some disappointing trade data increases hopes for stimulus. Strength today everywhere, except for utilities. Utilities are considered to be hiding spots in times of fear. Um, I probably wouldn't go crazy with that concept. I'd probably leave it a little well enough alone, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I think you can have utilities in your portfolio. No problem. If you want to be on the conservative side. And I don't think they're just for widows and orphans from the safety that you have to have, like, safety. Like, you can't lose money or a widow. Um, so I'm just throwing it out there. You know, as Apple has run into some trouble recently, companies that supply them have run into some problems stock-wise. Skyworks solution, a wireless chip maker that's become increasingly important, Apple supplier. They make specialized chips which allow devices made by Apple and others to connect to wireless networks. The company's chips are in especially high demand as smartphone users upgrade to 4G technology from 3G. They're crucial for appliances and other products that can be controlled using wireless devices for the so-called Internet of Things. Despite its strong performance, uh, stock is pretty much undervalued, according to some analysts, on how much they're going to earn next year. Not this year, next year. Um, and that's where you get into the rub of investing. It's all based on the future. And I think we all have had some experience with palm readers or, I don't know, what would you call them? Maybe spiritualists in New Orleans or something. Uh that they're like, I think that person can read the future. For it's a fortune teller. I, they know me. They said I was going to get engaged, and I got engaged. Um, we don't have those on Wall Street. It's up to you. You have to see the future and believe in the company and the way it plays into the economy and plays into its own sector and it plays into its competition and plays into how they handle things themselves. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls, uh, start calls on the air. Um, Caterpillar is an interesting name. Hertz is an interesting name. There's names like you're pretty familiar with, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're investable names. Like you could invest in a car rental company. And if you've ever tried to rent a car, it's it's a process. There's no doubt about that. Um, Hertz Global Holdings could offer investors a nice ride in the coming years as the company cuts costs, improves fleet management, spins out or sells non-core assets. Some investors think the stock could be worth $30 on an asset value or some of the parts, um, which you know is double the price where it's currently at. Carl Icahn owns about 12% of the shares. Jana Partners owns another 9%. They're not going to sell like a big healthy pro uh, profit is the thought. They're smart investors. Hertz recently released 
restated numbers for 2011 through 13. Uh, company earned $300 million on $10 billion in revenue, but lost $82 million due to a large number of auto manufacturing recalls. Um, so I think you should take a look at a Hertz. It's not for everyone. But when you see smart money around it, that's... I'm not going to go as far as to say that's your sign, because that sounds stupid. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have a Carl icon around a company that you're invested in, especially if Hakeem it's more of a position, puts pressure on the company. America's taste for beer. Have you ever been to the Russian River Brewery? There's a line of probably 60 people every single day, all day long, to get in to buy and drink beer. Where there's a bar right next to it and a restaurant called Mary's that you can go buy beer and not wait in line. But Americans' taste for beer is lean to the lighter side. Lagers taking over the country now. Um, and a trend that has continued to, you know, to attack companies like Budweiser. And I think I said it recently that I think you have to be over 50 to drink Bud or Bud Light or Coors. You have to be, you know, under 35 to drink lagers. Craft beer is growing. Um, there's companies like ABV, Anheuser-Busch, um, which uh, it's a staple in the world of investing. But the alcohol by volume is, is starting to really stretch. So alcohol or beers with more than 6.5% alcohol by volume increased 319% in the last three years. With 40 46% of new beer releases fall into this category, the average alcohol content of craft beer is about 5.9%. So people want to get sloshed. Uh, not only do they want a beer, they want a craft beer with organic ingredients, but they also want it to be strong. Drinkers have very sophisticated palates. Uh, more so than we did years ago. I remember in college drinking at Coors, and I was just like, this tastes like water. What's wrong with this? Um, I wouldn't wash my car with Coors, is kind of a silly joke. Jim Koch, founder of Boston Beer, guy who does the Sam Adams, uh, he thinks we're more sophisticated. He's crafting heartier and tastier beers for us. It's one way of playing the revolution. If you do believe, like I do believe, that taste have changed and people want stronger beers. So it's just research. Do what you have to. And again, if you don't want to support investing in sin companies like alcohol, don't. I'm just telling you what the numbers are. I'm Rob Black. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.